Welcome back to the Abstract Podcast. This is episode five, and today we are giving you our pitches. We have been dealing with heavier topics and issues in the last few episodes, and we will continue to do that in the future, but sometimes it's time to just take a lighter note. And so that's (laughs) what we're doing today. Um, We're just going to plug a lot of the things that we've been listening to and learning and that have meant something to us and that we found would be... And the places we've seen. Oh, yeah, and the places we've seen. Did you know, Colin, that last week... At some point, was National Podcast Day. I didn't. In fact, I think it was on Wednesday, the day before I recorded. Wow. So. That's something. Raise a toast up to ourselves. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking yeah. of raising up a toast, last night, <laughs> I got this idea in my head. I was like, oh, I'm going yes. to get some coffee <laughs> out of the, a coffee cup out of the cupboard. We were at Alicia's parents' house. And I was like, we should totally make our own mugs because I feel like once you make a mug, it's just official. It's mm-hmm. like it actually happened if you made a mug. So I was looking at making mugs, still want to, but they're kind of expensive. And mm-hmm. sometimes they want people to give like a minimum order. So if anybody like out there 000. wants to buy a cool abstract podcast mug, you know, let us know. Yeah. Because it's just kind of one of those things like, <laughs> yeah, it may not be the wisest use of my money right, right. now. But frankly, I want to have that mug so I can show it to my kid one day and say, like, that's what I did. That's what we did in college. Like, we just sat around and talked about stuff all day. Also, I feel like mugs last forever. Like, (laughs) the mugs that you have in your cupboard, you look back and you're like, wow. How many of you have, like, a family reunion mug from, like, 2004? Like, they just stick with you. And, you know, you think about, like, records. Some people collect records that have been around forever. We don't really use records anymore, but everyone still drinks coffee. Yeah. And will forever. Most likely. <laughs> yeah, most likely. So mugs are an option. Okay, so the first thing we're going to do is talk about some places. Yeah. So I'll start. There are really living in the northwest corner of South Carolina. We're so close to so many things. And so one it's a beautiful place of the earth. One place that Alicia, my wife, and I have been going a lot is Clayton, Georgia. And we've been really enjoying taking our friends. We have some friends who have recently moved here from out of state. And so they're not really familiar with the area. And so Clayton is one of the places we love to take people. Mm. Clayton has kind of a mediocre uptown. There's like an Ingalls and some other stuff. There's a, a Walmart. A DQ, yeah. a Walmart, a Redbox. But if you go up the hill, right. you get to downtown, which seems kind of counterintuitive. But up in the downtown, there's a really cool – there's so many really cool places. There's like the Wonder Clayton, Wonder Georgia yeah. Adventure Store. Yep. That has like the the hatchet throwing and really I, I think so maybe it does. There, there's one on there I know that has there's the hatchet, a hatchet throwing. Throw, yeah, there's really cool restaurants. There's a rooftop rooftop restaurant. There's coffee oh, shops. There's um it's called Downtown Cafe, and right beside it is like the um, marketplace, which is a cool coffee shop. There's a place you can get donuts, really cool donuts, and then also so then we 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 like to do the Clayton thing. You know, you eat somewhere, get some coffee or whatever. I keep banging this table. But then also, as you pull into Clayton, if you raise your eyes up above the horizon and look, like as far up on your windshield as you can see, there's Black Rock Mountain up there. Oh, yes. Have you been there? I've never been on top, no. It is so cool. 
It's just like probably a few miles above Clayton, but you have to drive about 10 minutes up the mountain. It's kind of these winding little roads, but like a car can easily make it. And then you drive all the way up to the top and you pay $5 to get in. And it's like a little gift shop and just an amazing, amazing view. So no hiking, just driving of like, you look out over all of Clayton, but you can see for like hundreds and hundreds of miles. It's really cool. That is very cool. Yeah, there are, there's just all kinds of beautiful places. Around yeah. Maconey County. We went, um, Heidi and I hiked on Saturday, and we hiked to um, Station Cove Falls. Uh, we didn't have much time because Brooks was being babysat and stuff like that, so we did a short hike. It's it's really not that far of a hike, like maybe half mile back to this waterfall. But Where is that? Um, it's right right up uh, Coney Station if you go out 11 through Wahala, out that way. And mm-hmm. then I forget what the road, I think it's just a Coney Station road maybe, but it veers a Y and kind of veers to the left and you just kind of go down that way cool and it's just a little bit down there but that's a nice waterfall back down there and then Sunday we went um, and met my brother and sister-in-law up at uh, Chatugabo Farm for the evening oh, with yeah. like a picnic supper and I mean Chatugabo Farm you can just kind of you can't ever go wrong up there it's yeah that's a beautiful place unbelievably beautiful and the leaves are starting to turn it's quite therapeutic nice we also we were up in that area which I feel like you just go up 76 to get to everything. Yeah. So all these things we're talking about, maybe not Wahala. Not, yeah, you can get some the other way, but yeah. Yeah, you just go up through there. And on your way, you go past these orchards with apple yep. cider. So we picked up yep. um, a gallon of apple cider at Hollowfields Orchard. I had the same stuff. I wish we had one of those bells you could ding when you're yeah. like giving a shout-out. But yeah, placement, yeah. I actually drank some this morning. It's super it's good. terrific. And then we went on Sunday, and we went hiking again up through that way, um, Raven Bald. Mm. with Josh and Dawn. That was super fun, too. That's like a four-mile round trip, a little bit less. Not super hard, thankfully. And really nice view up at the top. Yes, it is. That is quite a cool place to go. Yeah, any other places you've seen? I have seen the drive to and from Toccoa, Georgia. Many a time. So many times. (laughs) Which I must say, it is like one of my favorite things is crossing that bridge. Um, Mm, Yeah. Especially Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because I go to— Right across the state line. Yeah, I go to Habersham then, so I'm coming through pretty early in the morning, and the sun is just coming up. Like, it's the the light is just starting to break over the lake, and the fog is lifting, and it's it's quite idyllic. It's it's beautiful. I I really enjoy my ride to school. Um, Let's move on. What are you listening to as far as— you got any good podcast recommendations? Yeah. I love listening to podcasts um, while I work or while I do things. So a few that I've really loved lately is um, Russell Moore has a podcast called Signposts. Hmm? I don't know what Russell Moore's title is, but he's, he's been around forever of and the he's really cool. and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. Say, Say that again. Do that again. He's the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission for the Southern Baptist Convention. He has a long title. Yeah, anyone with that long of a title. Yeah. <laughs> no. Russell Moore is super cool, and he has this yeah. podcast called Signpost, which is usually good. Like, I usually mm-hmm. like it. I enjoy what he has to do, and it's pretty concise. They're usually just, like, 20 or 30 minutes, yep. and he really gets to—he interviews people. Um, but on episode 169, which I think is the latest one— uh, There's, like, two since then. Okay, one so it's two. one of the latest yeah. ones. It's called On Art and Beauty with— Akato Fujimura. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Japanese, I believe, mm-hmm. like painter. But, um, yeah, it's called On Art and Beauty, and it's it's really, really worth listening to. That guy, <laughs> I don't want to say his name. He has a lot to say about— A lot of people just call him Mako, Mako. from what I understand. So. He has a lot to say about um, how we should be understanding our work, and that's a topic I would like to get into 
on another episode sometime, but how we can understand um, all of our work as God honoring and and part of our um, our job description as the image of God is really to to put our full self into whatever we're doing. This guy is a painter, but um, he talks about creation care and a mm. lot of different kinds of work. And I, I really I've really been coming to believe even in the last couple of weeks that the way that we understand our work and our effort is just so important in understanding ourselves, our life. Like in what context mm. do you understand your life? Um, man, we could really get into this, but like, uh, I think if you can understand your work as glorifying to God, then it, it kind of, it gives you this freedom to not have to like try to slap a Jesus label on everything you do. Like, you know, if you can understand mm-hmm. that I play basketball to the glory of God, then in like the post game interview, you're not forced to say like, man, I did all this great stuff, but I want to reflect that glory back on God. You can just mm-hmm. understand yourself as God made me to do this yeah. and doing it does honor him. Yeah. And you can totally say those things and, and sometimes yeah. that might be appropriate sure. to do. Um, but like, you don't have to stick that label. You're saying that you don't have to stick that label on for yeah. it necessarily to be God honor. I'm saying it honors God whether right. or not the lip service at the end comes. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Your work, you can understand that as as God honoring. Anyway, so that was a really good episode on signposts. And another plug for, for Mako that's that I have on my bucket list that I'd love to have one day. I don't know if I ever will because it's kind of expensive. But it's, he did, he, um, he basically hand wrote the Gospels like all four of the gospels wow. and included them with paintings. And like he, he made, it's, it's a Bible that's just the gospels. Um, and it's mixed with all kind of aesthetic beauty. And like, it's just, it's incredible to just look at and open. And I think that's really like, I think that's really meaningful when you make, cause like our Bibles look like encyclopedias <laughs> and like, so I don't true. feel like that captures the essence of yeah. what the position we should hold the Bible. Yeah, that's kind of like so, a, was it a medieval thing more where they would do like this yeah. um, uh, illuminated text? Yeah, so I think his Bible is like 75 bucks just for the four Gospels. So it's not crazy expensive or maybe it's 100, I forget, but it's expensive enough so I can't justify it right now. But one day I just think, I just think it'd be really, I, I would love to have that Bible. I really appreciate it. He said that, you know, he he has too much, too much respect for the term Christian to ever call himself a Christian artist. He said, I would never put that label in front of my art. He said, I'm not a Christian artist, but he said, I am an, I, I'm an artist by trade. That's my calling, mm-hmm. and I love Christ with everything I do. So anyway, yeah. super great. Um, do you have a podcast you want to plug? Yeah, um, I have three episodes I want to plug that I've been listening to lately that I thought were really good, and then I have one podcast that I'll just plug in general. Sure, let's just kind of go back and forth. Though. Yeah, okay, my first episode I'll plug is it's on the Ezra Klein show, which I don't listen to often, but I listen to this one episode. Um, he works for Vox, um, and he interviews David French, and so Ezra Klein is like uh, California liberal, and he interviews David French, who is a Tennessean conservative Gun um, rights act. Yeah. And but to, to be fair, David French is he's very thoughtful. more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but definitely a conservative. Yeah. Um, and, and Ezra Klein, definitely a liberal. But they both identify the same trends of of negative polarization in, in American culture and how that's at a like they make this one interesting point that there is no current or movement in American society that is pulling together more than all the ones that are pulling it apart. Okay. Um, and so they both recognize the same problem, but they come at it in a really different uh-huh. ways, but it's really fascinating. Like they have a really cordial, um, conversation, which is, it's really good to hear. So David French takes more of a federalist approach in which, um, he sees like, so 
uh, yeah, you just need to listen to it. But the idea is like, so if California wants to have this kind of health care, like they can do that. And Tennessee can have their kind of health care. And the one uniting factor within those is you have to have a high regard for a bill of rights. And so like Ezra Klein was wondering, like, what about, you know, just to go back to slavery, what about like in that it was the southern states kind of had their way Mm -hmm. of doing agriculture and and economies and, and the north had their ways. But French was saying that, yes, but that was not the bill of rights only applied to a certain segment of people. In that, so he said the the Bill of Rights when yeah. rightly applied. I can see how there'd be a lot of discussion that would have to go on in that. Yeah. yeah, and so then Ezra Klein's approach, he takes a more democratic approach in which he says so. And a lot of David French's argument is that we need to de-escalate and decentralize a lot of the federal government. Mm. And Ezra Klein's would be opposite, but he said the federal government needs to have uh, more the same or more influence, but it needs to better reflect the American people. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, the popular vote has not been represented in um, in Washington the last several years. So that's that's his point. So anyway, it's really cool. fascinating. So the podcast was called? It's just it's called The Ezra Klein Show. And the episode was? Uh, it's just an interview with David French or something okay, like that. They cool. talk, it, it has some qualifiers like polarization and stuff like that. I forget, but cool. you can find it there. It's in one of the later episodes. But okay, back to you. Sure. I've been listening to a little bit of Preston Sprinkle's podcast, Theology in the Raw. And um, I just want to say, like, if you have <laughs> if you have questions and you think probably no one has the courage to talk about this on the air... I would first read through his podcast mm-hmm. um, episode list because they tackle pretty much anything you can possibly <laughs> think of. And I, I've been really impressed. Like, they do it yeah. really well. Which is mainly just him monologuing, mostly. Like, he interviews people. Well, he interviews some, a lot of people, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, Theology in the Raw is is a good resource. Um, I also say Into the Zone is a podcast by Pushkin. Pushkin is like a podcast company. Um, Malcolm Gladwell oh, okay. works there. Um, and Into the Zone is one I've just recently started listening to, and um, it's kind of a podcast. The premise is like opposites, and um, I think the the logo for the podcast is like a Venn diagram, kind of where you have like the two circles, mm-hmm. but then there's like that middle space where they interact with each other, mm-hmm. or I should say overlap. And so the the premise is kind of like these things that we've considered opposites, like are they more alike than we think, and like where are the boundaries, and it's like the... He just gets into whatever he wants to, but it's really well done and really interesting. So I would put that out there. All right. My next one would be an episode I listened to actually yesterday. Um, it was on Jonathan Rogers' podcast called The Habit. Yeah. Um, I think the tagline is Conversations for Writers About Writing. And in that, he actually interviews Russell Moore, who we mentioned earlier. Um, but they, they talk a lot about Russell Moore's new book that's coming out. I think it's called uh, The Courage to Stand or something like that. I forget. They talk about that for a while, and anyway, the conversation goes in a ton of really interesting places, and it's well worth a listen. Those are two of our favorite people, right? Jonathan Rogers and That's Russell right. Moore. Yeah. That, when I saw that, I was two of the good ones. Made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Oh, and then the other one, I would just say the Holy Post podcast. I really appreciate mm-hmm. the Holy Post. Um, Sky Jatani, really wise guy. I love his approach. And then Phil Vischer is always fun good dry sense of humor but phil has insight as well and christian taylor sometimes mm. is on there yeah <laughs> we'll stop there <laughs> um okay yeah in the spirit of our fellow podcasters yeah. right. um there will be no critique here but uh do you have any more <laughs> now nah, that's pretty much it okay i, I got i have too much class reading to listen yeah. to much more podcasts yeah that's it's def my listening has gone down since the semester started but 
one episode I'm actually listening to right now that's been kind of fascinating. If you want kind of a theological deep dive into atonement theory. Um, <laughs> Which I, most people do. Most people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's the Unbelievable Podcast with Justin Broyley. Uh, it's, okay. He's from England, but right now I'm listening to an episode where it's William Lane Craig and Greg Boyd are kind of uh, debating about, like, the nature of the atonement in basically, like, they both they both would hold the same theories, but the way they frame it is a little different. So I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but, it does. So William Lane Craig would be more his primary atonement theory that he would go to is a penal substitution theory, and then he would view, like, a Christus Victor as an outflow kind of of that, oh, okay. along with some of the others, and Greg Boyd would frame it differently in which he affirms penal substitution, but he sees that as an outflow of the overall um, Christus Victor model of atonement. So anyway, Christus Victor, like, basically Christ riding on the clouds, victorious over death. Uh, yeah, like, so through the, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, like, it was— more than I think it was an enthronement, like, and especially mm-hmm. with his ascension, like the 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 main way you see the atonement is as a way of him having victory over the powers of death yeah, and sin, right? Um, and Hades, and yeah, like going down to hell, yeah. and then like reigning, yeah. And so then within that is like the penal substitutionary atonement theory, which is has more to do with like like essentially, I would basically summarize penal substitution as go read Isaiah fifty three. Um, like he was crucified for our, he was yeah I can't even pull it off the top of my head but he was right, punished for, an, for our sins but it's the idea him, and like the he diff- took the wrath of God in our place yeah, like so it had to be put on someone yeah and it's kind of it's it's a difference in how they approach that question like and how they frame the problem sure. is a lot what they're talking about and even there's a little bit of a difference in how they understand what God's wrath is and so what that changes how you understand yeah. what happened on the cross. So anyway, if you're interested in a deep dive kind of into the weeds of some of that stuff, that's kind of fascinating. I mean, I think, yeah, that stuff is, um, it can be kind of deep and hard to get into, but I've I found that I think like implicitly the way that you view the wrath of God or or substitution mm-hmm. theories, atonement theories, I mean, like it, it actually does matter a lot about what yeah. you think about kind of everything else. So it is worth hearing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and these are two... Um, just fairly, I just think they're pretty good voices in the in the conversation. So I'd encourage you if you wanna if you wanted to go into more of a deep dive into that. Um, yeah, for sure. So the next thing we're gonna move to is music. Actually, I have one more podcast. Oh, sorry. sorry, my bad. All right, this is a series I have long been fascinated with spiritual formation and yeah. that form Collins' um, passions. Yes, I I enjoy reading and uh, about it. And anyway. Uh, there is a, a podcast that I, it's it's an outflow of the work that um, Dallas Willard and Jim Wilder would have started years ago, but Dallas Willard died during some of the stuff they were doing. Um, so anyway, Jim Wilder has continued it on and uh, is now working with uh, Michael Hendricks, who's a pastor and somewhere, I forget where, Colorado maybe. But anyway, so their whole thing is, it's basically, the idea is that they go back to scripture and talk about how people change and they go back a lot to attachment theory um, and what that means with our attachment to God mm-hmm. and how that transforms us and what it means to be a transformative community and the elements that have to be present or present to live in a transformative community. Anyway, it's kind of fascinating sure. if you're into that kind of thing, or even if you're not, like I, I honestly think it's edifying for you just to listen to, even if you're not, because it, it is really helpful when, um, cause just as like a, a quick sidebar, I, like one of my, I, they do a good job of framing 
belief in Christ is not intellectual ascent. It's a transformation of being. Right. And that's kind of what this podcast is about. Yeah, like absolutely. how do people be transformed of being and how, mm. how do we partner with the spirit in that? So, nice. What's that one called? It's called the other half of church podcast. And so it's, it's set like it's, it's well done. It's not like super well done, but like the audio is not great. Transitions are great, but it's fine. <laughs> but um, they have, so, so um, Jim Wilder is what they would call a neuro theologian. So Bible and brain science kind of marrying those two and how people change. So that's the first segment. And the second segment is more of like life of the church with Hendricks, who's a pastor and how he's okay. implemented some of that stuff in his church to help his church body cool. grow into the likeness the of The other Christ. half of... The other half of church podcast. And the episode... It's it's just a series. It's like a mini series. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And there's a, they have a book too, so it's you can find huh, it there too. That sounds really interesting. Anyway, yeah. that's that's all I got as far as podcasts. But those are some interesting things I've been listening to. Cool. So we wanted to talk. What what time is it? I can't see. Ten forty three. Ten forty three. We got a little bit of time left. We wanted to also. Well, we should say <laughs> the reason we find ourselves here today. We had a guest scheduled for today, and it was going to be great. We were going to have a guest. And then we found ourselves without a guest. So so look weird. forward to the guest coming. The yeah. guest will come. He will be here. But he is not here. Yeah. Like Christ. <laughs> Although, no, that's not, that's, that's nah, not like nah, Christ. Nah, nah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drop that one right there. Okay, um, so we want to talk also a little bit about music and yes. film. So you have some music. I don't really have music. I want to start. So, um, yeah, it just it feels like as a college student, I shouldn't even say as a college student. Probably just as an adult doing mm-hmm. life. Yep. You only have so much time to take stuff in. Yeah. So I gave you these four podcasts. I don't have a lot of music for you because <laughs> I just don't have that much time. But um, one one film, my sister, Aaliyah, recently asked, hey, what's a good movie? And me and her really share movie taste. Like the movies yeah. I really like, she tends to really like and vice versa. So that's cool. Um, but Juno, have you seen that movie? Juno, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like... I don't know if I've seen it. I think it's an independent film, maybe. But Juno is just a really beautiful movie. Um, I think it's PG-13. And so I don't... Is it like like set in Alaska? Uh, No, it is not. I don't think so. It's about a young girl who finds herself pregnant and is trying to decide whether or not to keep the baby. But it's just... It's one of those films that's just... um, like, it's really joyful, and it's really, I wouldn't say lighthearted, but um, you will cry, but it's good crying kind of thing. So Juno, I would recommend. I have not hardly watched a movie or anything um, that usually that trend goes down when the semester starts. Yeah. Um, pretty much the only thing I have watched some, I've watched a little bit of the NBA playoffs here and there. And Who's your pick? Uh, to be honest, I wanted... Portland to win, and then I wanted Denver. Basically, every team I've wanted to win <laughs> has not made it, and so now both teams that I didn't really care about that much are in it. So if there's yeah. a way they could both lose, yeah, it's, it's fine. interesting because I feel like I just stay a few steps behind. One because I don't keep up with it that heavily, but on the ESPN app mm-hmm. on our smart TV here at school, yeah. we get the games, but I don't ever know how old they are. So today yeah. we're watching Game Three of the Lakers and yeah. the Heat. What where are they actually at? That's that happened I think last night or two nights ago. But no, and like usually. I mean, I'm a tiny bit of sports commentary. Like I've always liked, I've I've never necessarily enjoyed LeBron James mannerisms. Sure, I have always appreciated watching him play the, the game of basketball. Play. He is, and I like I I just I'm so glad I'm going to get to say that I got to watch him play. 
But frankly, I have had a harder and harder time cheering for him. And after game three, I just, honestly, I was really? like, man, I just can't hardly cheer for you what anymore. Was he, what was, uh, but why? Just the amount, like for a long time, just the amount of, the longer he's gone on his career, I think the more just fussy he's yeah. gotten on court. Like he <laughs> yes. just, everything he's jawing. And, yeah. And frankly, he's starting to, to flop more and play lousy defense and be kind of lazy on the court. And then game three, they lost the game. They're losing by 10. There's still 10 seconds left, or they lost round 10, but there's 10 seconds still left. And they're, they're, <laughs> everything good? Um, yeah, I don't know what that noise yeah. was. It was outside. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening it was outside. An old, it's an old building. Yeah. <laughs> the wind blows it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but no, so there's 10 seconds left of the game, and he walks off the court. Um, uh, it's just yeah. like, come on, man. I can't yeah. cheer for you when you're doing crap yeah. like that. So Exactly. Anyway, okay, that's, this, that's what I I've been watching mainly. Like yesterday. These guys who flop so much, you have to – I just wonder, could it ever become second nature to where when you feel something – maybe soccer players even more so. Like when mm. you feel something that you're not expecting, you just – you develop this natural reaction to just flop. So could it ever be like when they're with their kids, like trying to go into their garage and they stop for a second to untie their shoe and their kid bumps them into the back? Do they ever just go flying because it's just such a natural reaction? For some, it would not surprise me. There's some, yeah, there's a few players that could be named, Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry, that just, like it's just almost frustrating watching them, especially when you see them get calls and like it just feels like injustice just happened there on the court. Speaking of the NBA, one thing I'm interested to see what happened, they just implemented the replay rule or, like, the ability to challenge oh, calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I was watching a game. Not sure how I feel about I think about it was that. a rerun. <laughs> and the announcer was just really, really strong in his opinion that this is ruining the game flow. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's like, this is not what the fans want. Probably this is ridiculous. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I don't know. Yeah, so I, I wonder what they'll do. If they'll be able to find a way to make that know. better because it is. It's awful. Like, yeah. constantly reviewing things. It's just like You have enough grief. timeouts and stoppage of play in basketball get, already. Yeah, so many timeouts. Yeah, and you like you don't want that to water down to college because college has TV timeouts yet too um, where they have even more breaks. I'm like, man, you're going to – and basketball is about yeah. flow and tempo. Like, yeah, That's absolutely. why you use your timeouts like to try to break that up or whatever. Um, so I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the challenge rule. But anyway, uh, moving on. Oh, music. Yeah, oh, that's right. Um, okay, I got three songs I've been listening to on repeat. Number one, um, The Boss came out with a new song. I forget how long ago, but it's really good. The Bruce Springsteen, his song Ghosts, hmm. um, which part of it was just the song came to me at a time in my life where I really felt that, um, I don't know, it kind of uh, it opened the portal to really experience feelings that I had mm. um, some. And it's it's really this beautiful song. I mean, I think Bruce Springsteen is like 73. And so he's writing this song, and a lot of what it is is a lot of his band is, has died of, of old age. And it's kind of this upbeat tempo song that's kind of defiant of death really having the last word. Mm. Um, and just just putting words and and music to him, recognizing that he is becoming alone and one of the few singing. Um, but his ideas like the ghosts or memories or, or mm. these things, like when he is, it's kind of this nostalgia, like when he plays his guitar and like there's a line, like when he puts his fingers on the fretboard of Johnny's guitar, I forget how it all goes, but it's like, it all comes back to him and he lives in those glory days of, of 
going to these big shows with his band. That and anyway, cool. it's it's a really beautiful song, and it also just hit me at a time in life where I was really appreciative yeah, of it. So I will say, I bet you don't even know this. After we released our last episode, yeah. at the very end, well, yeah, I, I recorded by myself. At yeah. the very end of it, I made a reference to U2's song, um, oh. where Bono um, talks about, I believe in the kingdom come. It's uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. And so just for kicks, I actually recorded myself playing that song and put that as the outro. So Really? That's my music plug. Go back and listen to Good episode go back and four at the very end of it. <clears throat> um, second, I've been listening to the song Cages by We the Kingdom. Um, and third, a song I really, I really like, and I, I like this artist too, um, Kingdom of God by John Guerra. Um, and he's, I, I just really like his music. So. Cool. Check them out. Um, David, you been reading anything? We'll kind of finish off maybe there. If I've been reading anything. Besides textbooks. You ask. Yeah. <laughs> or you can even plug some of your textbooks. Sure. Um, I've been reading a book called Genesis by someone named, we just call him Proven. I don't actually know what his first name is. His last name is Proven. Reading Four Views on the Historical Adam by a collection of authors. This guy Greg Boyd keeps coming up. Yeah. Interesting because you just mentioned him. I'm actually, he, he's in one of my textbooks. Okay, he writes in that textbook. Phil Stalsfus just told me that, I'm going to get the connection wrong, but it's like his wife's uncle or something like that. Greg Boyd is a pastor of their church in he Minnesota. Is, he's Anabaptist, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Greg Boyd. Um, Random yeah. connection. Yeah, because I'm, I'm reading, one of my textbooks is Across the Spectrum, which is basically an analysis oh, yeah, of all. yeah, he's in that too. Yeah, it's him and Paul Eddy, and it's basically this overview of, like, almost every major issue in contemporary evangelical um, church life. Uh, so that one Everything we could possibly disagree about. Yeah. That one, Practicing Christian Doctrine by Beth Felker-Jones, reading that one. I really, I recently finished reading um, The Road Back to You by Ian Crone. Yeah, what do you think Enneagram of book. Yeah. Um, I know some people are really fascinated with the Enneagram. Some people yeah. don't care much for it or just don't care much about that kind of thing i really really liked it it was really good really helpful it, it overviews um all nine types and mm-hmm. kind of he he, te- he tells it in kind of story form because like he'll know someone who's all the like this type if he's talking about type seven he knows the type seven so he, he writes about them yeah. in a kind of personal way and he also overviews what the enneagram is for so i found that really helpful i the enneagram has really been helpful for me and mm-hmm. kind of self-knowledge so yeah for sure yeah no i i like the enneagram as well um so that's mainly what I I did read one. I thought I'll put a plug in for it. I read one article that was really good. And that actually I'd be curious, like if there's people who are listening to this that that read it, like I'd be really curious to hear what you think. Uh, yeah, but it's and called, if I can just jump in, yeah. we're always we always love to hear feedback from yeah, people. Yeah, for sure. Like, like this is meant to be a, from uh, yeah, like emails, messenger, and there are those who do reach out to us, and we like that. And this is because our podcast is meant to be in some ways a, a jumping off board for. For good conversations it's a conversation so yeah. the one article I want to plug is it's on the Theopolis Institute um, and it's called The Manosphere and the Church by Aaron Wren in which he basically just kind of goes through um, and it's really well done he basically goes through and kind of analyzes like what it is um, in, in church that has drawn especially young men to people like a Jordan Peterson or a Joe Rogan and why that the church is losing single men much faster than single women. So anyway, it's really fascinating. Uh, 
I found it really helpful and I, I, I thought it was really well done and I would love to have a conversation with someone who reads it and has some thoughts about it. So if you do, let's do a, hit us up. Let's do a flashback. flashback. All right. Clayton, Georgia, Black Rock Mountain, Raven Bald, Hollyfield's Apple Orchards. I forget. Okay, Coney Station Falls, something like that. Signpost by Russell Moore, episode 169, Theology in the Raw by Preston Sprinkle, Into the Zone by Pushkin, The Holy Post Podcast, Ezra Klein, David French, Russell Moore, Jonathan Rogers on The Habit, Unbelievable Podcast with William Lane Craig, Greg Boyd, I Have a Church Podcast, Ghost Cages, Kingdom of God for music. Still haven't found what I'm looking for on the last episode. And that wraps up episode five with the pitches. Thank you so much for joining us. If we walk right now, we can make it to class on time.